You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to yet another episode of Beside the Badge. This one is is close to my heart and gets me worked up. So what are we talking about today? Well, one of the things uh, we talk a lot about keeping law enforcement accountable, holding holding law enforcement accountable, and that's a good thing. We want we want law enforcement held accountable um, for mistakes that are made, and I don't mean like an oops, but like like breaking the law. We need to keep we need to keep that there, and that's a large that's a large aspect of my ministry is is um, honoring the badge is. Um, helping officers to remember to honor their badge, but also remembering that it's a sacred trust between the public and law enforcement. And a lot of officers, especially those who work nights and have done so for years, it's one of those things that they end up with a jaded aspect, a jaded view of society because they deal with drama queens. They deal with people who um, have major anger issues. You know, they deal with the repeat offenders and they're like, is there anybody, is there any sane person left? And they're only really dealing with a very small fraction of our culture. They're dealing with um, really 2%, 4% of our actual society, a very small percentage of our society that actually, that actually needs law enforcement intervention on a regular basis. So where am I going with this? So um, I'm aware of a situation where um, claims were made against a particular officer at a department and this young lady was angry. I believe she was arrested for drunk driving DUI. And, um, she claimed that the police officer had groped her, um, that the police officer had told her if she would have sex with him, that he would, uh, drop the charges and let her go. And she's like, if you don't let me go now, he had already arrested her. Um, he had already transported her and she was even pulling these stunts, I believe at the detention center, actually at the jail. And she was claiming this. Well, what she didn't know, because he he told her, he's like, well, you know, I will get someone here who will take your statement. If I recall the, the conversation correctly, uh, she was actually charged because she filled out the complaint form and signed it because they're like, okay, if this officer did this and, and they're being honest, if this officer did this, he's going to face charges. He's going to lose his badge. She's like, good, and signs it. What she didn't understand was from the moment they made contact, his dash camera and his actual, you know, chest mounted camera, his body camera had been going. I believe that department, if I remember the story correctly, I believe that they had a cage camera uh, facing where she was at. And then when he was taking her in to be held, not only was his body camera still running, but they had facility cameras. And that is one of the powers of the body camera. One of the fascinating things is these police, the police groups, and, and there are infractions, there are um, there are straight violations of the law. There are terrible sins that have been committed by police officers in entire departments, but that happens a lot less than people think it does. One of the most amazing things about body cameras is rather than catching law enforcement misbehaving, rather than catching law enforcement breaking the law, instead it catches thugs and private citizens who are criminals, people who are spoiled, entitled brats, misbehaving. And this is where I really would love to see, um, I would really love to see people, how's the, what's what I'm looking for? 
the public needs to be held accountable for when they lie about police officers. Um, and it's happening. It's There's a shift that's happening where, where departments are sick of it. Um, imagine you're a chief or a, a, you know, a captain, a lieutenant, a sergeant, a corporal, and you're reviewing the footage, whatever your job is there, you're refu- reviewing the footage for something that's happened. And as you're reviewing that footage, you're like, really? Um, when someone is complaining about your officer, this officer was a total jerk during this stop. He called me A and he said this, and then he did this, and then he slapped me. Really? So let's get that. That's let's roll that beautiful bean footage. And regardless of whether the officer is guilty or not, there needs to be a formal complaint filed. And when that formal complaint is filed, then it's taken and they've signed it. Well, if you're lying, John Q public, then you need to be charged. And it's going to cut down on the number of flagrant violations. I, I literally remember a young police officer pulled a gal over and uh, she was driving home. And I, I say, I don't know her age, but um, she shows up at their department talking to and was complaining, I believe the mayor and I know to the chief. And she's like, what kind of officer? I mean, seriously, pulls a woman over in a car by herself at night. What kind of police officer does that? Well, the answer is one who's doing his or her job but this young officer had done nothing wrong. And it's it's things like that where if the person is claiming wrongdoing, if they want to overtly say, he touched me, or um, he called me a racial slur, or um, he called me, he did this, he said this, he required this, he made me do this. Um, I, I didn't do anything wrong and this officer violated my civil rights. If they are claiming something that is a violation of the law, they need to be held accountable if they're lying. There needs to be a formal statement filed because if the police officer is guilty, they need to face the music. But if that citizen's lying, they need to face the music. I know of a police officer several years ago that um, he was, um, he pulled a guy over, and I may have talked about this in a prior episode, but it's it's still poignant. He pulled a guy over. When he pulled him over, um, the guy stopped, refused to turn down the music that was in it going in his car, refused to get off the phone. The police officer's like, listen, listen, this is a traffic stop. This is a, an investigation. I literally need you to turn off your music and, and get off the phone so I can ask you these questions. And the guy's being a jerk, ignoring him. And is a young kid. I think he was late teens, early 20s. And he's being an absolute belligerent punk. And the officer's like, listen to me. I need you to. And I think he said it the third time. And then he reached over and he unlocked the door and he opened the door. And the kid turned and launched a kick. That's felony assault. Launched a kick at the officer who caught his leg, pulled him out. When when the young man's backside contacted the ground, he flipped him over, handcuffed him, and hauled him to jail. Well, the young man claims to mommy, who's an enabler, uh, that he, he was, you know, his civil rights were violated and this officer just beat him for no reason and he didn't do anything wrong. And this officer just jerked him out of the car and hauled him to jail. Will we? That doesn't happen very often. Will we? Is that your story? Is that what you're going with? 
So the uh, police chief receives a visit from mom and her lawyer, and she had hired a, uh, the, the services of a, retained the services of a, a high-priced lawyer. They come down there, and the, and the chief's like, you know, before you guys get too far into this, um, which I would have been very tempted to make this young man fill out a statement and sign his name, because he's claiming police brutality. That's a felony if the cop did it. Okay, right? So then the chief says, before we get too far into this, um, would you like to see the footage and played the body camera footage? And the lawyer looks at the mom having, and she she has told them she's going to own that department. They're going to name a street after her before she's done. Um, and he says, ma'am, you have no case. Have a nice day. And he left. The public needs to be held accountable. And um, I know of a situation late at night where a police officer was nearly run over. There'd been an event. There was a lot of, of young kids at the event, but there was a lot of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, all these different folks there. And uh, this young lady was driving towards this police officer. He is motioning for her to stop. He's using his flashlight to tell her to stop. Uh, and uh, she's not stopping. And she's not stopping. And he, she almost hit him. He had to jump out of the way. And he applied his flashlight to the side of the vehicle to mark the vehicle. They give chase. Um, the young lady flees. Um, thankfully, she had a wise relative that told her to go back. And they went back to the police station and talked. Social media was awash in hate and vitriol, including a couple of friends of mine, for this officer. How dare he? He could have killed this girl. Well, I challenge you uh, at night with headlights reflecting off of windshields to tell me what the age of the person is in the car. There were lots of adults there, lots of everyone from 18 to 95 were at this event. And what really was fascinating was dad was really angry with the police officer right up until he found out that his daughter had been taking a selfie and was driving distracted, which is as bad as driving drunk. And with her distracted driving, she almost ran over and killed a human being. He happened to be a cop. It's amazing how the body camera has an enormous impact of truth-telling. And uh, to, to the point that, and I'll, I'll come back from my sponsor break and we'll talk more about it, um, I actually talked to cities and mayors about making sure they have spare body cameras. We'll come back and talk about that more. Very quickly, I am blessed to have three sponsors. I'm blessed to have uh, Got Your Six Coffee. I'm blessed to have um, gentle response, and I am blessed to have uh, Shield Force International. So quickly, de-escalation. If you're in law enforcement, you need de-escalation training. Look up John Leo Riley with gentle response. Secondly, got your six coffee. I drink it. I love it. I change a life every time I drink it. Mm. And it just happens to taste good. Followed by Shield Force International, my good friend Matt Combs. Um, surviving the ambush training, mindset training, hand-to-hand -hand training, how to make sure that you go home at the end of your shift and the bad guy goes to jail. Look up Matt Combs, Shield Force International. He, uh, have gun, will travel, as he says. He definitely travels the country and trains. So coming back from probably the quickest sponsor break in the history of my podcast, why I'm such a fan of body cameras, um, I have seen people claim a lot of ridiculous things against officers that the body camera proved otherwise about. 
And um, I talked to departments. Uh, I was talking to a mayor the other day who is a friend of mine, and uh, I really love to see what he's doing for his town. We were talking, the chief him, himself, myself, we were talking about the fact that the um, uh, that the officers need at least one spare body camera, and it's a small department, um, maybe two or three. And, and the price of the body cameras is not that expensive because I was riding with that department one night, and for the officer's safety, the officer is not allowed to download the footage off of the camera. They're not allowed to. And what I, I turned to the young officer and I, I was looking at that. And um, unfortunately, that meant that his body camera was full, which meant that he couldn't, if something happened, he was not going to have a body camera. That's, that's a scary situation, especially if you're involved in an, in a, an OIS, an officer-involved shooting. Uh, somebody tries to run you over and kill you. You're at a stop and somebody tries to claim something. And these things happen. I know of a couple of young ladies that got mad at an individual, and they claimed um, that the one they both were going to testify that he had committed sexual assault, um, groping on the second young lady. And the thing that saved the individual they were going after, because no body camera was involved, was they were bragging on social media how they were going to ruin this guy's life. Think about that. That's terrible. That is absolutely terrible. And so one of the very interesting things about body cameras is they, more, more than not, they prove that the officer did a good job. And when they didn't do a good job, it allows for coaching. It allows for, for the suspension of the termination of that officer or even charges to be pressed. And this is why dash cams are so important. This is why body cameras are so important. This is why cage cameras are so important. I literally know of an officer that was transporting someone for psychological care. And the person was a very devious type of psychological uh, case. And they informed him that they were going to, they were going to ruin his job by, and he, he um, had a body camera, but um, didn't have a cage camera and they were going to destroy his life because they were going to um, injure themselves in the car. They were going to start slamming their head into the cage inside the car. He grabbed his body camera, which was on, turned it around and pointed it back and recorded the person repeatedly slamming their head against the side of the car. I feel like that individual should have faced charges because they were they were literally committing a felony. Now they were hurting themselves, and I'm not going to talk about that. That's self-injury. That's a psychological issue. That's above my pay grade. But they were literally trying to destroy a person's career with false testimony, and they were doing enough harm to themselves to make it look like the officer was guilty. That's where the public needs to be held accountable, the power of the body camera. And um, I've seen body cameras knocked completely off of officers during altercations, uh, one young lady kicked a body camera completely off an officer's chest. Her foot came up, hit the body camera, and it flew over his shoulder. And um, body cameras get damaged. Having spares is a good idea. Um, I got to recently help a department um, because I, as part of my chaplain services, a lot of times I do free IT work. And these little small broke departments in the Midwest. And so I helped them. I got on the phone with their technical support and set up these docking stations in the patrol car. The officer has no control over what footage is saved on the camera. This is good for integrity purposes. Number two, 
um, they dock the camera and as soon as they dock it, it begins to upload through, there's a, a wireless connection inside of the police car and it begins to automatically upload the footage. So that means if something bad has happened and, and this is good up to and including injured officers. So imagine, you know, you're a police officer and your life is ebbing out, you're bleeding out, you know that you're not going to make it and the bad guy has fled the scene, you take your body camera and you dock it, even if the bad guy comes back to try to finish the job, up to including taking the body camera or burning the patrol car, there goes the footage and it's in the cloud. Um, at that point, it literally takes the footage off of the patrol car or off of the, the body camera via the connection to the patrol car and uploads it. And then it is reviewed by someone else at the agency. And th there's definitely a place for that integrity. I remember years ago, a man had fought an officer friend of mine. And um, and when he did, he hurt him. And he hurt him bad. And there were three officers involved. I had to get involved to, to protect the officers before it was over. And it took four grown men. And I'm okay in a fight, but they are good in a fight. Took four grown men because this guy was high on meth and hard alcohol and two tasers to get him in handcuffs. That was an eye-opener. I learned a lot that day. It's been over three years ago. But I realized in that moment, and I've talked about it before, I'm a very human person. I don't put it on any airs. Um, the young man he hurt is like my brother. He's like my little brother. And when he had been injured, I got very emotional. I was, I was giving him medical care, and this guy's spitting blood and goes, I'm glad I hurt that effing pig. And I didn't have a good moment. I turned around and I wasn't thinking. And I took one step and I stopped. I stopped because what I was going to do would have been felony assault. Now, thank God we cannot be, we cannot be tried for what we think. <laughs> because what I was thinking about was first degree felony assault. And, uh, but I stopped. And in that moment, I realized I, I only thought I knew what this would feel like. I only thought I understood until this moment. And I turned back and I continued to rent medical care and aid to my friend. I have had officers tell me that they know that the presence of the body camera has helped them on several occasions to be more careful with what they say, to be more careful of what they do. It is a very hard thing to go to a situation where a girl has been raped and you have her rapist in custody. And whether you're a man or a woman, you want to beat this person. You go to a house and you know for a fact that this father, this stepfather, that this, this woman has molested this kid. And they look at you with, with pride and arrogance and go, what? It's, it's very difficult. And I've been at the scene of some of these. When a man has beat the brakes off a woman and she's laying there in a puddle of her own blood, urine, and tears. And you're standing there as a red-blooded person. And that person's like, I did nothing, do nothing. There's a very human part of you that wants to use that person as a speed bag. And I have seen officers with and without body cameras exhibit unbelievable self-control. But body cameras are a good thing. Now, there's pluses and minuses. Something that the general public has to understand is as more and more body cameras become routinely reviewed by police departments and every bit of footage that comes off that camera is reviewed, what ends up happening is the officer discretion in many of these cases is probably going to go away, i.e., an officer, this person says, this vehicle isn't tagged. This is what I'm dealing with. I just got out of the hospital. They're expired. 
I'm literally driving to the DMV right now. There are going to be departments that require that officer, no matter what, or they get written up to issue a ticket or a summons or whatever. Those things are those things, that latitude may go away. I hope it doesn't. I hope I hope departments allow those officers, continue to allow those officers to have that latitude and have that officer discretion because they need to. That, that's one of the things that separates a peace officer from a police officer. You can be a police officer and be like, the law is the law is the law. But a peace officer can look at a situation and say, I tell you what, I'm going to give you one week to get your license and registration situation taken care of. your your registration of your vehicle situation taken care of, your license plate taken care of. If I see you, and I'm literally making a note, if I see you in eight days and you haven't taken care of it, I'm I'm going to impound this vehicle. And that gives that person an opportunity to get it taken care of. I respect that. I do. There needs to be a place for that latitude. And, um, so having body cameras on a police officer is actually a double-edged sword when it comes to the public because it can literally remove that officer discretion. We need more cameras in this culture. And I know that a lot of officers get frustrated when private individuals are, are filming them. Um, if you're going to film a cop, stay back. Don't interject yourself in the situation. It is an excellent way to get into handcuffs. If you're underfoot, you're interjecting yourself into an investigation. You are interjecting yourself into a crime scene. If you're underfoot, you're risking actually being detained and or going to jail. Um, I've seen people trespass onto in, onto uh, property that doesn't belong to them, filming something. It's a great way to get in trouble for trespassing. Uh, so if you, if you feel the need to film a cop, keep your distance. And if the officer's doing something wrong, then hopefully your footage is able to show that they did something wrong and, and we can weed out the bad ones. But what I really get tired of is the people who deliberately initiate a negative contact with a police officer and they're out there. And then when they deliberately initiate that negative contact and they, they do everything in their power to escalate it to the point that the average person would have had it. That's when the camera starts filming and they only want you to see the negative reaction of the cop. There are kids doing this today in schools where they are doing everything in their power to make a teacher lose their mind. And that's when the cameras come out and that's when the filming starts. That's a very real thing. So there is definitely a lot of power to the body camera and the accountability. People need to be held accountable when they lie. They need to be told, well, if, okay, then fill out this, this PC, fill, fill out this complaint form. And now you're under arrest for lying because the, if they're lying, they need to face the consequences and it's, it's the most amazing thing in the world. I have noticed that when people get pulled over for speeding, other people slow down. Um, there's nothing like it. If, if people are flying 20 miles an hour over through a, a school zone and they see somebody get pulled over, they tend to not do that. And they tend to speed down other streets or they tend not to speed. I had a, a friend tell me one time, a, a client that I'd become friends with, he said, I wish you would tell those Missouri state troopers. He said, they're running in packs. And I said, yeah, I think they call them wolf packs is like the, the slang term for it. He said, they're running in packs five strong. He said, it used to be that if I saw a, a state trooper had somebody pulled over, I knew I could punch it up to 90 and I wasn't going to get in trouble. And he said, I have gotten some really bad speeding tickets for doing that. And I said, yes, because they know that people are trying to do that. So they will send for a week or two weeks, they will send uh, four or five state troopers into an area to slow people down. 
because those those chronic speeders like that cause massive accidents and they kill people. And if you have been to accidents where children have died, if you've been to accidents where people have lost their lives over human stupidity, I mean, I, I saw a lady tore up, an elderly lady, because a guy blew a stop sign and hit her. It was very hard to have empathy for that man. He was hurt too, but he blew a stop sign. Didn't even look and blew that stop sign and hit this lady and probably changed her life forever. Probably shortened her life. Um, so definitely accountability. And then departments need to have spare cameras because of damage. And if you have the ability to, to sync and upload your footage, automatically great. If you don't, like some of these departments where they can't afford the super expensive fancy dancy cameras, you need to have the ability for them to take them in and dock them and at least have them charging and take another one and put it on them and go back out. And I know small departments that can't actually afford to get cameras for their reserve officers. It literally is insurance to protect your department. And that's what I was telling this mayor the other day. I said, it's literally, it's literally an insurance policy for a very small amount of money. Um, and you're getting high quality footage of what really happened. And um, I think that more legislatures, more, um, more cities specifically, um, city governments need to require their police department that if somebody comes in to file a complaint, to make a complaint, that they need to be willing to fill out a complaint form because we can solve some of that stupidity in a hurry. There are definitely some entitled brats out there that need to be knocked down a notch or two, and it will also help to keep the cops honest. So I'm going to pray this one out. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to minister. I thank you for the fact that you're going to take this to the right ears, that, that officers will hear it, they'll be encouraged, that private citizens will hear it and realize that it is not a fun world that these officers have to go and work in every day or every night. And I said, uh, Lord God, help me to find the ways to encourage these officers and their families to help them to get through the struggles that they have. I thank you for this ministry. I lift up these officers. I ask that you would keep them safe as always. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Guys, let's do this again. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.